Enrich your reading life with our Book Riot Insiders perks. There are three levels to Insiders, short story, novel, and the epic level, and you can try out any level for free for two weeks. For podcast lovers, meaning all of you, of course, Insiders at the novel and epic level get access to two exclusive shows, the Read Harder podcast, which gives recommendations for the Read Harder challenge, task by task, and Book Riot Remixed, where we randomly pair up hosts from across our shows to talk about, well, whatever we want. Insiders also get exclusive access to bookish deals, behind-the-scenes new letters, our new release index, the Epic Book Club, and, believe it or not, more. Sign up for your free trial at insiders.bookriot.com. That's insiders.bookriot.com. Hello and welcome back to When in Romance, where we like to talk about things happening in romance novels and outside of them in the greater Romancelandia world. I am Jess. And I'm Trisha. And we're recording on Thursday, August 19th, 2021. And this is episode 89. We're so close. We're so I know close. we say that every time, but in our <laughs> next episode, Jess will only be 10 episodes away. That's only 20 weeks. That's like five months. We're like practically there. We're almost there. I was thinking today, though, that we're actually going to have to like come up with something exceptionally cool to do for our 100th episode, because by the time we get it, like we will have been plugging it for like nine months. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody has ideas, please don't hesitate to let us know. Definitely let us know. Um, And you can let us know about things anytime. Feel free to reach out to us. We regularly get emails. We've recently, someone recently reached out about their thoughts about the heart principle in particular and the elements of it that sort of separate it from romance novel and to them lean more into women's fiction. And we love having dialogues with you, not offline, online, because it's still via the internet. Um, but Anyway, thank you to that person who reached out, and feel free to reach out anytime. We love hearing from you, even if it is um, to tell us that you think we are wrong. But nicely. This was very eloquently and nicely written. I don't like a tone police, but I, I don't want you to be mean to me either. So... <laughs> <laughs> It's been a rough couple of years, I think, uh, for everyone, and maybe for you and me in particular, Jess. I think it's okay to sort of be like, hey, please don't be mean. But in fairness, I don't think we've ever gotten an email from through the When in Romance email address that has not been thoughtful and respectful. And um, so, yeah, we just have like basically the best p- listeners. Yes, we do. Y'all are awesome. And I don't think you would actually be mean to me, but I always have to caveat anything that says... Tell me I'm wrong with please be kind. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. No, you're 100% right. Um, I think, yeah, we love hearing from people. So please don't hesitate to reach out. We'll, uh, you know, mention all of the avenues again at the end of the show. But also always, as always, feel free to rate and review, help other people find the podcast. We have a few sort of like quick things. And before we get into sort of some larger discussion, so... Maybe we do an ad spot, Jess, and then we jump into the, you know, the quick news. Yes, let's do that. Thank you to Sandra Brown's new historical thriller, Blind Tiger, 
for sponsoring this episode. The year 1920 comes in with a roar in this rousing and suspenseful novel by number one New York Times bestselling author Sandra Brown. Prohibition is the new law of the land, but murder, mayhem, lust, and greed are already institutions in the moonshine capital of Texas. Young widow Laurel Plummer finds herself there and plunges into the lucrative local industry just to survive. Deputy Thatcher Hutton is a veteran just trying to get back to a normal life. Now they find themselves on opposite sides of a moonshine war, and the blood flows as freely as whiskey. So, check out Blind Tiger, number one New York Times bestselling author of 72 New York Times bestsellers. So, if you haven't read Sandra Brown, this is a great place to start, and you have plenty more to read after that. Which is always nice. It's nice to know that you'll have options when you, like, are super excited about that. That has actually happened to me a few times recently where I found an author I don't read that much of, and Mm -hmm. I was delighted to find that I... They had a significant backlist to work through. It's always nice. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, everybody enjoyed that one. And in fact, perhaps you could pick it up from your local independent bookstore. See what I did there, Jess? Yes, that was great. That was excellent. Thank keep you. Keep going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I will keep going. This part is slightly less impressive. Um, I think we had our timing maybe a little bit off. So by the time you are listening to this, Bookstore Romance Day, which is happening on August 21st this year, will have passed. However, we still did want to flag it for a couple of reasons. First of all, the website that has uh, the information about Bookstore Romance Day does have a good list of stores that are supportive of romance. We've talked in the past about how that is not true of any independent bookstore. And so it can be a little bit hard sometimes to begrudge people who are getting their romances from Barnes & Noble or Amazon or anywhere. Mm -hmm. First of all, I mean, everybody's circumstances are different and everybody gets to make their own decisions. But if you are also in a situation where your bookstore kind of looks down on or does not carry or both romances, then your options might be limited. So anyway, we're definitely going to link to the Bookstore Romance Day site so that you'll have access to the information about the bookstores that would be great if one happens to be in your area or an area you are visiting to visit. The other reason is that there are a whole variety of Bookstore Romance Day panels and discussions, many of which will live on uh, on YouTube in the future. And so you could always take a look and see what's out there that you might have missed. What, what kinds of things, Jess Pride, might people <laughs> have missed if uh, they were not paying attention to the panels of Bookstore Romance Day? Trisha says, knowing full well that Jess is doing at least one panel this year. Well, they might have missed soap opera drama (laughs) featuring... Which is so up my alley, by the way. (laughs) Since it's Thursday, I'm very excited to have this panel in the future. And when you're listening to this on Monday, you should be able to just go find it. There are um, several, more than several panels, they're going to be panels hosted by specific publishers and imprints, like mine is hosted, co-hosted with Romance Bookstore Day by Harlequin, and there are some that are going to be hosted by Sourcebooks, and then there are the ones that are going to be hosted by specific bookstores that you might have to track down a little with a little more work just because they there isn't one big master list of panels, even virtually. Which, you know, it's Bookstore Romance Day is run by one magnificent person um, who does all of the the planning. So I I can't say I hope that I wish that this was happening because 
uh, they are doing so much already, but I hope in the future there is some kind of way where we can pull all of these together because there is still things coming up on my radar. Like there's one being hosted by Astoria Books that is like nine different authors who I love and uh, many local bookstores like our own Amanda Deal, who writes for Book Riot, but is also occasionally on the podcast for Smart Bitches Trashy Books, is hosting a couple for her local bookshop. And just, you know, follow the hashtag or find the hashtag after the fact and see what things are linked to, because that might be easier for you to find them. And there are so many about so many things, not just soap opera drama and dramatic books, but books about food and gosh, so many things. I know there's at least one LGBTQ panel and... There's one about danger. There's one that's a little bit gothic. Yeah, yeah. Cross genre romance. There's so many. Yeah, I'm looking at the site. If you have an interest in it, <laughs> it exists. There's one that's just romance happy hour. <laughs> Here for it. Side note. <laughs> and you can have that happy hour anytime you want because you'll be able to watch it on demand. Indeed. Yeah, no, and it actually says here, there's a link to the YouTube channel on the Bookstore Romance Day. And as just mentioned, not every event will be on that. But if my experience with YouTube is any indication, as soon as you start watching some of those videos, I have a feeling the related videos will pop up. The rest will find you. Yes. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I definitely didn't fall into a rabbit hole about like Olympic clips with Kevin Hart and Snoop Dogg. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> definitely didn't stay up till like, oh, God, it was late. I don't know. I it was late. Did you watch the 30 minute one? <laughs> I I know I had to stick with the online clips because yeah. I think it but I think by the time I stopped it was like midnight and my day at this point right now starts at five o'clock in the morning okay. so I was like all right this is enough now but it it was pretty great I'm not gonna lie so anyway all of that to say lessons learned from the YouTube algorithm suggest that uh, if you are not uh you know if you don't have the the links you'll you'll find them uh but we will link like i said i will link to the bookstore romance day page Mm -hmm. um in the 2021 celebrations tab it will have the youtube channel and and actually the ambassador this year or i guess maybe ambassadors i don't know kit rosha is one one uh pen name for two wonderful authors deal with the devil is one of my favorite books from last year as i have mentioned many 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 times and the Mm -hmm. devil you know is about to come out so that's very exciting Anyway, bookstore almost day. Hooray. Hooray. And in slightly less fun, but maybe equally slash more important news, mm-hmm. uh, if you are, you know, have the ability to pay attention to some of the uh, goings on of the world right now, you know that there is a lot going on in Haiti. There is a lot going on in Afghanistan. And in both of those places, there are a lot of people that are suffering and struggling and that are facing um, a lot more challenges. Uh, that certainly is an understatement. We are not a news podcast, so I I will I'll leave it to you to sort of seek out more of the details if you're interested. But we did want to let folks know that there are romance fundraisers for both of those places. Jess, do you want to say anything more about that? Uh, well, yes, there are, are romance fundraisers for both of those places. And as we have seen romance can get behind a cause. So uh, keep an eye out for 
for both of those. I think they're still sort of organizing donations to be auctioned off and keep an eye and ear out for when it's time to do some contributing. And if Romancing the Runoff is anything to be inspired by, we hope that they will get as much attention or some amount of attention so that they can meet their goals. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's kind of the thing here, too, is that, frankly, of all of the opportunities to donate to good causes, this is one where no one's really asking you necessarily to be selfless. You certainly can just donate money, or there are a lot of really wonderful causes out there. But these are both, I know the Haiti one is, Jess, I think the Afghanistan one also is an auction. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is a thing where you could be donating money and also ending up with a signed manuscript of something. Mm-hmm. Or whatever else. So anyway, uh, like we said, we know that there are a lot of really difficult things going on in the world right now. And that certainly is an understatement in terms of what's going on in Haiti and what's going on in Afghanistan. So uh, if you are, yeah, we'll continue to kind of keep those links live on on our site as long as things are happening. Um, it may be we, our, in two weeks, actually, it is Labor Day, so we will not have a new episode in two weeks. So it may be the case by the time we're back that this stuff is not still live. So do keep an eye out, but uh, we will certainly keep you in the loop as much as possible. Yes. All right, Jess. This next uh, agenda item, I credit you for, <laughs> uh, and so I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you introduce this one. Okay. So this is a news piece that's gonna grow into a greater conversation. If Trisha can bear with me, I can. I promise. So a few days ago, there was a new Twitter account that popped up called. Essentially, does it bang? And this... I think it was called literally that, in fact. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was called... It feels weird to say, but that is what it's called. That's what it called, does it bang? And the creators of this have a good idea of letting you know if a book that is touted as a romance has sex in it. They didn't initially go into whether they would be determining how much and what the heat levels were for that. But essentially their goal was to let you know and let authors use them to tell you if there was sex in their books. And it's a great idea. I, I think it's a very useful tool for anyone who is looking for books that have sex or say that book is interesting, I want, I, but I don't really like sex in my books, and they can go look and see if it does. But there's been some conversation that the actual introduction of the Twitter account and the people around it who have been sharing it or talking about it brought up that really made me start thinking about a few things. One of the things is that I think they actually say something in their initial tweets about whether it's worth it to pick up a book or whether something is actually a romance because it bangs. And that is, of course, a bit of a side-eye purporting because we know that there are only two requirements for a romance novel, a central love story and a happy ending. Nowhere does that description say that the people involved have to have sex. So... Is it worth someone's time to pick up a book that doesn't have sex? It's up to that person, right? So proposing that they're going to 
make your life better by telling you whether something is a romance and is worth picking up isn't quite the way to present your new, very useful tool for romance readers. And another thing that that really sparked conversation about among some pretty respected or people that I really respect in Romancelandia is the idea of sex in romance, of the idea of sex as steam or sex as like chemistry and intimacy, which is more what a romance should be about. If it's done well, then there's both. But okay, that's a different story altogether. And they, I think that the account said something about orgasms. So yes, orgasms, I think was something was a word was a phrase that was mentioned. And then that brings up the whole idea of not just the historical in romance who is allowed to have orgasms, etc. But also like, some people can't physically do so. And they still can enjoy sex. And so there's a whole lot around the creation of this that has sparked a lot of conversation, but mostly it was about the idea of whether something is worth picking up by a romance reader because it has sex in it versus the opposite. And uh, Trisha, you and I have talked about romances that don't have sex in them before, and there are people who aren't looking for sex when they pick up a romance. They are happy to have it, but they're also just as happy to not read about sex. And I know that there are people who pick up romance novels for the sexy times. I am not guilting those people. Sometimes I pick up a particular author, and they are known for their sexy times, and I'm happy to read them. But I would almost say that it's for the author, not the sex. So that was a really long lead into this conversation about the benefits of sex in romance and uh, why it doesn't have to be there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, Jess, because it, it was, a, I think, a good introduction to this discussion, because I think you're 100% right that this is a tool that's exceptionally useful, and also that perhaps it did not originate. Now, in fairness, the authors or the creators may not have realized that it was going to, you know, gain 5,000 followers or four or 5,000 followers within hours, less than a week of being <laughs> launched. So fair. However, um, I think your your points are good ones that there are certainly are a lot of people that look for romance without sex. There are certainly a lot of people who look for romance with sex. I will be honest with you. I don't generally care. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if I'm bored by a sex scene, I kind of skim through it and don't worry about it, right? Like it's, I think everybody in the same way that, you know, everyone, I think should be allowed to have as much safe consensual sex as they want with whoever is consenting to have it with them. Mm -hmm. I feel like people should be able to read about whatever amount of sex that they want. And maybe they like me don't care. And sometimes, you know, the physical intimacy in a book, whether it is kissing or sex or many orgasms or all kinds of kinky stuff going on builds a story. But so many of the authors that we read, and I think probably it's fair to say most, if not all of the authors that we talk about, use it as a tool in their toolbox, mm -hmm. right? There are There is so much that a really good romance author can do to stay within the, the structure of the romance genre and also create a unique and compelling and really cool story. And sometimes that involves using sex to 
further the relationship or to complicate the relationship or both sometimes in the same book, you know, to, to kind of do whatever happens. And, and again, you know, like there's no fault, no shade at all to people who don't want to read that to people who exclusively want to read that. You know, I think it's just kind of like any other genre, you find some people like rom- rom-coms, some people like historical romance, some people like, you know, SFF romance, you know, like there's just people find the books that are for them. And so this is for the people who for sure are not interested in reading that. And there are plenty of people that that's the case. Or for like you said, the people who really do. This is a helpful tool. Yeah. And like, I happened across it. I think one of my friends shared it and was like, support this, this useful project. And I was like, sure, share. And then I left and came back and was like, oh, there are some people who have some pretty good points about the concepts that they're presenting, even if they, they have nothing against the account itself, which also I don't, I plan to use it because Sometimes I forget if I've read a book and if there is graphic sex in it. And sometimes I need to know for my day job if I'm trying to recommend a book and someone doesn't want graphic sex. And I'll be honest, a lot of the books that I read do. And that's Mm -hmm. mostly because of the authors that I gravitate towards. And I have to go hunting for other books that I know I've read that maybe fade to black or just have kissing or something like that. And I would totally use it as long as it's presented to me in a way that doesn't make me cringe. Well, and I think you and I both read books, Jess, I I certainly don't want to speak for you. So I I apologize if I'm doing that. And I think I already interrupted you, but I'm gonna (laughs) lean into it now. I'm already in the wrong. I'm just gonna go. Um, But I think you and I both gravitate towards books and authors who write sex and romance as being very sex positive, Mm -hmm. right? Again, sex positive does not mean that everybody has to have a bunch of sex all the time. What it means is that no one is thought of as dirty or flawed or gross or sinful because that is their choice and that is their option. Mm -hmm. And I think that is kind of key to some of this discussion as well, that there we've gotten to a point, I think, in the romance world, unfortunately, where... People talk about clean romance Mm -hmm. or sweet romance as euphemisms for no sex on the page. Right. And the idea that you cannot be clean or sweet if you are having sex in your romance is a little, that's kind of gross. And so I think there might be a little bit of, I don't want to use the word defensiveness because it sounds, it has a negative connotation, but I think like appropriately placed Mm -hmm. criticism of this kind of thing because- so many of the authors that you and I read and talk about have been so careful about building, you know, this kind of sex positive um, environment for romance. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I think the orgasm on the page as a metric for whether or not it quote unquote bangs, <laughs> it is a little tricky. I can see where people would have some objection to that. I can also see how the creators of the Twitter handle needed a metric, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's hard to say, like, well, like, what's the rule with PG-13 movies? If you use the F word more than once, then it's an R. Yeah. Like, that's a little bonkers, uh, partly because language is so different from violence or sex, but Motion Picture Association, whatever, that's a whole other, that's a whole other podcast. Completely. But I can see how they needed to kind of make a cutoff. And as long as they're very clear about what this one is, mm-hmm. I think that's probably fair because it might be the best they can do. But I can see why 
people are examining this and why they are taking a close look and where they are being, I think, constructively critical about what's going on. While I think many of them are also appreciating the fact that this is useful for people to know. Yeah. And, you know, part of it is not just that whole idea of like that realm of the clean romance and sweet romance and all of that. It's also in part, like there are a lot of especially trade paperback size romances that are being released by romance imprints and romance publishers that are towing that same line that we talked about last time, where some people might consider it women's fiction and not romance, in part because they're leaning more towards the direction of less graphic sex, less sex in general. And definitely, if it's there, maybe a little more tame. And I know that's not the case across the board. But I know that um, one of the one of the people that I remember seeing sharing it initially was excited about being able to know whether that illustrated cover was really sexy, or if it was uh, going to be depressing and not sexy. So <laughs> it's like, it's all linked. <laughs> So when it really comes down to it. That's such a good point. Because there were, I will tell you, I was scrolling through the Twitter feed and there were definitely some books where I was a little surprised to learn that either they did or did not Mm -hmm. bang. And so I think, yeah, we and we've certainly talked before about how those lines are getting blurred between what is, you know, sort of coded on the cover as being a romance versus what is more of a contemporary fiction kind of book. So yeah, that's, that's a really interesting way to think about it as well. Maybe that's what we'll do for our 100th episode. We'll answer the question of what's the difference between romance and women's fiction. <laughs> we'll do it definitively. Are we starting now? Do I have to start preparing now? <laughs> I don't know. We have like 20, what do we say, 20 weeks? <laughs> oh, plus plus we don't have an episode in two weeks. So we have 20, 22 weeks. You got a little time. We'll, we'll sort it out. I've got a little time. Okay. All right. Anything else that you wanted to, to mention related to that, Jez? Um, I would love to hear from you. I'm like, yes, this is just I'm going to keep calling you out listeners. I'm sorry, but I want to I don't want to speak into a vacuum. I I do want to know what you think, not just about the concept of having a resource to tell you if something bangs, but also the whole the whole conversation around it about whether whether approaching it this way is helpful and and useful to the romance community at large. So yeah, let us know. And what else would you want to know? Right? Like what are the other Twitter accounts that people should maybe be creating? Yes. Related to to different to different romances. Is it does the door close? Does it fade to black? <laughs> mm-hmm. Is the hero emotionally intelligent? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. How, what is the alpha grade of this particular hero? Is it excessive or is it actually you know, manageable? Like, what, what are we talking about here? Will I be hungry? Like- yeah. What is the, yeah, what is the, like, alpha male decision role metric? I don't know. I feel like there are a lot out there. I trust all of you to help us sort this yes. out. All right. Well, before we get to our final segment with some book recs, I would like to ask you this. Do you want great new romance books to read, but are feeling overwhelmed by all of the publishing buzz, let us help. We beg of you consistently. (laughs) Please let us help. Tell TBR about your reading likes and dislikes and what you're looking for. And sit back while your bibliologist 
handpicks recommendations just for you. TBR offers plans to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email. So there's an option for every budget. You can gift it. It's going to be great. We keep telling you this. I promise it's worth it. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. Go to mytbr.co. Sign up only takes a few minutes. Answer a few questions. Link your Goodreads profile if you want. And then you're done. mytbr.co. Jess, it is late August. Mm -hmm. By the time people hear from us again, it will be mid-September. And I think you know what that means. I think. I think I do. We are solidly in back-to-school season. Yes. I'll tell you what. I needed tape the other day, and I went to the local Target. It has never been easier to find any kind of school-slash-office supply <laughs> as it is right now. in the middle of August. <laughs> There's a whole section. I mean, I could have gotten glue sticks instead. That wasn't what I needed. <laughs> I almost bought some markers, and then I realized I don't marker things. No trapper keeper for you? Ah, <sighs> if honestly, if I had seen... A Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper, I probably would have bought it. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is like boring old regular binders. Ugh. Probably all of the Lisa Frank Trapper Keepers were sold out. Probably. Did you have one as a kid? I'm not sure if I had a Lisa Frank one, but I definitely had at least one Trapper Keeper. Um, I feel like it had like, it, it was like a space one with like comets and stuff on it. But I think I wanted a Lisa Frank one. I saved up all of my money one summer, which I was probably 11. So I don't know what all of that money was. But whatever it was, I saved it all up. I got the one with dolphins. It was amazing. Now I kind of want to go online and see if it's still available. Oh, that'd be great. I may do that. I think I had a folder because we were hardcore into folders because like whatever the cheapest ones were, because mm -hmm. I was one of six. So there was like a lot of school supply buying to be done. That's why I had to save up all of my money from, I don't even, again, babysitting, maybe, maybe convincing my brothers to clean their rooms. I don't know. <laughs> but eventually, by the end of the summer, it was enough for a dolphin Lisa Frank trapper keeper. I hope that the youths of today, is there a trapper keeper equivalent for like tablets and Chromebooks or whatever? Like what do, what do people today even use? I, I guess they can put wraps on them. Ugh, not the same. No. There were Trapper Keeper commercials. Some of you probably don't remember any of this. That's fine. <laughs> Just Google it. It's fine. No big it's deal. Fine. It's fine. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, we figured that given that it is back to school season, that we'd have an extended conversation about Trapper Keepers. Just kidding. <laughs> That just happened organically, and you're welcome. <laughs> what we actually figured is that I don't think that we've ever done some recs that have to do with teachers, students, and schools, you know, like all of that kind of stuff. And that's a huge subgenre of romance. Yes. I And I don't know just how you kind of feel about this genre generally. I think subgenre, I should say. I think for me, part of what tends to make me a little bit, ugh, I don't know, is that anytime there's like a teacher-student thing, it can be a little weird. I say that, although I'm going to recommend one later. <laughs> or anytime there's like a former student, the one that I'm recommending is definitely not, no one is a minor in this situation. <laughs> Everyone is above the age of 30. Yeah. But anytime there's even like a former student and professor thing, like the power dynamics of this, I think can be a little tricky. Yeah, like I'm, I'm all for student-student and I, um, you'll see most of the ones that I would talk about are people who are instructors of some kind and someone who is completely unrelated to their 
education track. You know, like, with some situations, I don't mind teacher-student. Probably only something like one of the books that you're going to be talking about. I Like, I actually, I picked up a teacher-student one a while ago because I didn't realize that it was going to be teacher-student and I had to kind of, like, put it down 40 pages in because that the dynamic was just, like, it was it was an interesting one where they knew each other before they were a teacher and student off uh, online and then realized that they were a teacher and student and tried to pursue a relationship and I like they were in the classroom having some so, some weirdness and I was just, I can't I I can't but if you enjoy that and everyone is legal and and happy and consenting you do you but that is that's one of that's one of my um my squicks or hard limits or whatever whatever term you like to use. But I do really love a good educator. Uh, <laughs> like they're they're some of my favorite uh, protagonists in romance, and I love finding no matter what level they teach, I really enjoy them. Well, what what particular do you have? Uh, tell us tell us some things that you enjoy, Jess. What kind of what kind of wrecks we got over here? Well, the first one that I thought of is a recent read, and actually, of one of the books that we'll be talking about in our um, Bromance Bookstore Day conversation, and that was "Then There Was You" by Mona Schroff. And there is an element of teaching. One of the protagonists is a kindergarten teacher, and I will tell you there are so many content warnings that I would need to give you for this book. But so you you have a kindergarten teacher; it's her first year in school, and she has in the past had a miscarriage, and the nurse practitioner on site for some reason comforted her and also works as a helicopter medic. So he sees her again at some point and sparks up a friendship with her, but doesn't tell her because she was, you know, kind of a mess in the hospital that he was there and he knows like her history or anything. So, and he's got his own grief dealing with the death of a small child and there's a whole lot of stuff that you would need to, like I said, read content warnings for. But it's a really, really compelling, dramatic read. I read it in like three sittings. And, uh, you know, the kindergarten teacher who who is in her first year and loves kids and is happy to be in that job and would rather do that than go back to medical school like her family wants is is something that I really admire because I could never imagine teaching five-year-olds anything. But you get to see her in her element, like actually actually conducting class and using early childhood education tools that you would actually see in a book or a class about early childhood education. And that was, that was also really fun because if there's one thing that I like more than having educators in my books, it's actually seeing them because hashtag competency porn right yeah i need to look up then there was you by mona shroff because i these days i'm spending a lot of time with a two and a three and a half year old and frankly i could use the help and that's probably a more fun book to read than why are toddlers yelling at you all the time or whatever i don't know it's fine it's going great i think i 
think there's probably a lot of good tips in there. So I will take a look. But speaking of sort of like angsty books with challenging youths, I will recommend it's funny because I felt like we hadn't talked about Molly O'Keefe in a long time. And now I think this is the second or third time I've mentioned her uh, in the last month or two. But Between the Sheets by Molly O'Keefe is a book. It's the third book in a series, but you definitely don't need to have read the other books. And it's about it. it there, there's a lot of drama and a lot of angst and a lot of just two people who are in their private lives really struggling. So Shelby is uh, trying to be the caretaker for her mother, who is, uh, I believe she has Alzheimer's, but but she's definitely dealing with dementia and really needs some additional help. Shelby is hesitant to do anything other than, than try to continue her caretaker role. Next door, Wyatt moves in. Uh, he recently found out that he has a son who is, I think, like nine or 10. His son is really struggling from having, you know, been shifted out of foster care and and into the life of a father that he never knows. Shelby is an art teacher at, oh gosh, now I feel bad. I can't think of the name of the son. But anyway, the youth. She is a a teacher at his school. And uh, she is offering to kind of help do some art therapy to help him. And Wyatt is again, struggling as a new single parent and doesn't really know what to do. And as it turns out, uh, both of them are willing to help the other relieve some tension, you know, in a lot of ways. But they it's it's just a there is a lot of emotion, there's a lot of drama, and there's a lot of really genuine struggle where you think to yourself, there's not an easy answer here, right? Like sometimes you read a romance, and you're like, oh, these people should just communicate. Mm-hmm. This is not one of those. They're just both dealing with really difficult things. So it is a is it is a teacher slash parent of a student romance, which I am here for. That is Between the Sheets by Molly O'Keefe. Always love those teacher slash parent of student ones. Like, mm-hmm. I'll just throw out Grumpy Jake was one of those that I really enjoyed uh, by Melissa Blue a, a long time ago. Um, check that one out too. But one in which there is a, a little bit less of a teacher element, but I really wanted to include it anyway, just because it's absolutely adorable, is Sing Anyway by Anita Kelly. It's a novella, and most of it is actually set at a bar where Sam and their friends like to hang out and do karaoke, and uh, Sam has the biggest crush on a woman who hangs out with another big group and does karaoke amazingly every time. And they eventually, well, she actually strikes up the nerve to talk to them. And they hit it off really well. And Sam is a professor. And they they are really passionate about the subjects that they study. And there is definitely an office hours situation in which Lily visits. And you'll just have to enjoy that one on your own. But yeah, that is Sing Anyway by Anita Kelly. It's so short that my description is not very detailed because you just gotta watch some people really admire each other from afar and become very embarrassed by their friends afterwards. Yeah, that's a great wreck. And mine that is probably a little bit less school focused, although it definitely is a central element, is A Taste of Her Own Medicine by Tasha L. Harrison. And this is the one that is a student teacher romance. However, the student is 40 years old and the teacher is 31. (laughs) And for sure, less of a power 
dynamic issue than it would be in other situations. There's still, I will say, there still is a little bit of that kind of, I mean, nothing that happens in this book is not consensual. Mm -hmm. And also, I think for folks who are like, have a very, very hard limit of teacher student, that's totally fair. But um, so Sonia is 40. She is recently divorced, trying to enter the workforce in a way that she has not been for the last several years. And she wants to start her own business. And one of the things that I think is really cool about this book, so it is, like I said, called A Taste of Her Own Medicine. Part of that is that the business that she wants to start is related to sort of holistic. When it starts, it's mostly like soaps and lotions and stuff. But she has, uh, she comes from a line of I want to say healers. I may be, I may be using the wrong term because uh, it's been a, a minute since I read this, but the kind of relationship between people and the holistic work that natural products can, can play in healing or in all kinds of different aspects of human life are, are very much at play here. She's, she's gifted and being able to kind of put these sorts of things together, but she also has zero confidence. She has no confidence in her ability to start this business. She has no confidence in the fact that she could be attractive to Atlas, uh, who is the teacher, who is uh, a significantly younger. And in a lot of ways, this very much is Sonia's book. Like Atlas for sure is there. And he's he's a great hero. But it really is focused on kind of her journey and her insecurities and what she's worried about in terms of taking care of her kids. Uh, But it's one of those books where the attraction between these two people is apparent and discussed within like the first two chapters, which I always mm-hmm. really appreciate. But anyway, it certainly is a teacher-student romance, but it's it's not the kind uh, that you normally think of. And I will say, uh, at one point, she does describe Atlas as being able to. Uh, let me let me just read it. <laughs> this man was tall and built like he could plow my north field without a horse, with shoulders that he could probably throw a woman-sized sack of potatoes over. And by woman-sized, I meant me. I would like to be that woman-sized sack of potatoes. That's page seven. (laughs) So buckle up, I will say. Um, But I like that one a lot. So again, sorry, that's A Taste of Her Own Medicine by Tasha L. Harrison. And I will say I definitely envisioned Winston Duke as Alice (laughs) as I was reading Ooh, good one. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Here for it. I think there's a direct reference to his thighs. And I was like, Winston Duke. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's definitely at least one reference to his thighs. And one more that I will uh, mention, and I can't tell you everything about it because I haven't finished it yet. Story of my life, the Jessica Pride memoir, is (laughs) The Professor Next Door by Jackie Lau. And, you know, this is a book in which... At least as far as I've gotten, there has been reference to this person being a professor at a local university and grading midterms and stuff. But the the experience with him has mostly just been as he is positioned against Nicole, who is um our our female main character, and she they they live next door, as purported by the title, uh and there is a situation where the walls are very thin and she likes to bring people home for sex. And so when they get stuck in an elevator, hello, you know, that's one of my, my trope tonight's Nicole and David sort of slightly get to know each other a little bit and then become, you know, neighbor neighbors. They get stuck on her birthday 
So she's like, it's my birthday. How great is this? And then a couple hours later, he's like, I should make this birthday better for her. I'll bring her a cake. Um, And so there it's a Jackie Lau book. So there is a lot of addition of a really fun family and lots of food and a friends with benefits relationship that becomes something more to do. But <laughs> he is, he is very much a professor type, like it's not quite stereotypical professor type, but you know, he sits at home and reads at night and has a rock collection and, and works in a lab and that kind of thing. But there's also the whole element of him really liking hearing her have sex with other people through the wall. So, you know, Give or take. Sounds like that one bangs, Jess. That, this one bangs. At least against the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's The Professor Next Door by Jackie <laughs> Alright, and I will throw out one more. Um, and credit to Jess, because I was trying to find like sort of a new professor, school, educator kind of book to read. And Jess asked, have you read the new Cole McCade books? And I had not. Uh, And we've talked about Cole McCade on this podcast a few times. Uh, He has a new series through Karina Adores, who again, is just crushing Mm -hmm. it. Their stuff is so good. You could basically, if they had like a subscription box, I think I would probably have to subscribe because everything I've read in that line is just Mm -hmm. fantastic. Uh, So anyway, there are two books out in the series. It's called the Alvin Academy series. I skipped the first one that I think is called Just Like That because it is a mm-hmm. former professor teacher thing. And again, I'm sure it's great. That just It's just not really my thing. So I've been reading, and I, like you, Jess, I'm only about halfway through this one, Just Like This, which is about, I'm not sure if it's pronounced Ryan or Rian. Um, it's R-I-A-N. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Ryan, uh, who is the art teacher at Alban Academy, who has uh, a little bit of a enemies to lovers thing going on with his colleague Damon, who is the PE teacher and football coach, which like, of Mm. course, who doesn't want to read the book where the like lovely art teacher and the, you know, sort of cranky football coach slash PE teacher find themselves, you know, aligning to help a student who is struggling, but they don't know how it's kind of Mm -hmm. a mystery. And they have to team up because he keeps pretending to leave art class so that he can go to football practice, but he keeps skipping football practice and telling the coaches because he has to stay in art class and it's a whole thing. And so there's like sort of this mystery, but also these two people who both have like very complicated family situations. Anyway, it's like lovely and angsty and there's a little bit of a mystery and they both, they just care so much. Uh, and it's great so far. Like I said, I'm only maybe like 40 or 50% of the way through, but that is Just Like This by Cole McCade. So far, I've had no problem at all starting in the second book. I'm sure the first one is great. So if that's your thing, you should do that. But you can certainly start with Just Like This. Totally. I think you can. And, you know, we've talked about a bunch of books involving teacher, instructor, educator types before getting schooled, our um, book club book by Christina C. Jones is a TA student situation. Take a hint, Danny Brown. Danny is the professor of my heart. That one classroom scene that she has is just so perfect. Touch Me by Alexandria House. I skipped the first one, Teach Me, because that was a student (laughs) professor situation. Uh, But this one is a professor guest artist situation. Teach Me by Olivia Dade, which is actually a high school set one between two teachers. We, there, there have been a bunch. They've been great. And 
Trisha and I are looking very much forward to reading one more together with all of you. We are. It's time for the next Win in Romance Book Club book, uh, which, as we discussed early in the year, we kind of had our four picks pretty early on. And so it's time to read Office Hours by Katrina Jackson. Yay! Hooray! So I think probably what we're going to aim to do is read this book over the course of Mm -hmm. September. We will talk about it on September 30th, uh, which is a Thursday, and then the episode about it will air the Monday after that, I want to say like the 4th. That sounds right. Roughly, whatever. Yeah, let's just Mm -hmm. say it's the 4th. Great. Um, So you have a chance to, you have plenty, plenty, plenty of time. Um, You got about six weeks to, you know, find a copy at your local library or bookstore or check the bookstore romance day uh, bookstores to see maybe somebody's got a copy there for you. But yeah, we are super excited to get back into When in Romance Book Club and to get back to school with all of you. (laughs) That was a good one. Why, thank you. Uh, And thank you all for listening and for for being a part of, of the show and being a part of the dialogue. We are very interested in what you are thinking about all of these very topics. All of these very topics? I don't know what that means. All of these topics. I don't know, Jess. You should probably. I I apparently don't know what you, I'm talking we about. We can we can pretend you were saying varied varied topics. Um. <laughs> yes, that is definitely what I was saying. You are correct. It has not just been a long day. That that's right. That is yes. correct. And I will just say I do appreciate everyone putting up with our trapper keeper diversions. That's, that's why we're, we're here. here. We're here for the trapper keeper diversions. And if you want to tell us about your Trapper Keepers, you can contact us at any time at whenandromance at bookriot.com or come find us on the socials. You can find me at Reading all one word, on Twitter or just underscore is underscore reading on Instagram. And I am at Trisha Haley Brown on both, but I am much more likely to be on Instagram. And literally, I absolutely want to hear what you think about everything, but please tell me your Trapper Keeper stories. <laughs> it is all I'm going to need to get through the next month. So thank you in yes. advance. Yes. I, I want to hear those stories too. Yes. It's just, yeah, I'll tell you what. We'll we'll create a whole Trapper Keeper diversion segment on the next podcast if we hear enough Trapper <laughs> stories. Keep them coming. Um, huge thanks as always to our wonderful and wonderfully patient, as I think you can probably tell, uh, audio editor, Jen Zink. Uh, Jen, we hope that you are staying safe and having a wonderful fall out there in the Northeast. Yes. And I think that's it, right, Jess? I think that's it. Uh, To those of you out there who are reading, happy reading.